entrepreneur, the queen bee of content creation. JC Marie Smith. How does one even begin to describe JC Marie? I heard JC Marie was taking a yacht in the Bahamas with her dog Lady, who just got signed to Wilhelmina Models' dog version. I heard that JC Marie Smith developed the number one matcha recipe that now sells out at Starbucks all across America. I heard that JC Marie invented Millennial Pink in a lab, and that's why it became so popular. I heard that Hulu just released all the seasons of Survivor because JC Marie Smith wanted to watch five seasons in a row. JC Marie got lip filler, so I went and got lip filler. JC Marie started a podcast, so I started a podcast. My neighbor's stepmom's cat's godfather told me that JC Marie became such a renowned photographer that she took the Obama White House pictures. Hopefully everyone who is a real fan understood that that was a rendition of the Mean Girls scene when they're all describing Regina George. Um, And we're describing our amazing guest that we're going to have on today. And we're really excited, but someone who's far from a Mean Girls, Elle Woods. And I really think that everyone needs to sprint to their Netflix subscriptions because Legally Blonde is yet again back up for us to have some viewing pleasure and I watched it the other day much like the rest of America I grew up watching Legally Blonde Elle Woods was one of my role models as a child and Mm -hmm. after watching it again this weekend I think she should be a role model for more children and I have a laundry list of reasons why she has become well obviously like the iconism lives on and on and on for Legally Blonde and like Elle Woods as a person but I think people kind of just remember her if you haven't watched it in a while as just like a queen like she does her own thing she is herself but like she everyone forgets she's literally so nice to everyone in her whole life she just works hard she just wants to make everyone proud and she doesn't step on anyone's toes to get there to get to where she wants to be totally okay she's obviously pretty she's obviously wealthy she's all of the materialistic things that yes you probably remember if you haven't seen in a while but she carries herself with so much grace and so much class and she is always the nicest person in the room while simultaneously being the smartest but she never throws that in anyone's face she doesn't throw it in warner's face until necessary and because he deserved it exactly until necessary and because he deserved it and shan't we forget also Something that really warmed my heart this time that I watched it back around was when she befriends Jennifer Coolidge in the nail salon Mm -hmm. and how that like unlikely pair of friends and how she like was really just in search of some community and she found it with Jennifer Coolidge and she helped her not only get her UPS crush of a man, but she helped her stand up to her ex-boyfriend who treated her like absolute crap and get their dog back. I'm taking the dog. (laughs) Do the hot dog bit. (laughs) I need a hot dog real bad. <laughs> <laughs> that is so on point. I think I can do it better. I'm taking the dog, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I feel like if I practiced, like, I'm going to practice for you guys and like come back way stronger than that. But like, that's all I have for you at an evening like this. That's her uh, screen test for it. I thought it was really funny how at the end, I kind of forgot that Vivian was, you know, the new girlfriend or the new fiance, excuse me. Somehow they were already engaged by the time fall rolled around into law school. And she was like, so mean, like told Elle it was a costume party when it wasn't and just was like so jealous of Elle the whole time. But then um, at the end when they're like, telling the little captions about what happened to everyone they were like she became best friends with Elle and I kind of forget what happens in Legally Blonde too but I thought that was really cute that like they stayed friends even though Warner was clearly out of the picture after that whole debacle. I kind of think we should be more like Elle in the way that she just believes the best in everyone including Selma Blair when she invites her to the Halloween party and 
the way she believes the best in everyone. And I absolutely love stylistically when movies do that at the end where they're like, she doesn't know it yet, but she's going to get proposed to like at the end of law school or something. I love yeah. when they do. She doesn't know it yet type of scenario. Luke Wilson is, was proposing that night of graduation. Dare I say us. Luke Wilson might be the better Wilson. I know that's always your hot take on the Wilson brothers. Well, I think he's and a more attractive Wilson. Know, look him up, Luke Wilson, and your mind will be blown if you did not know that that's Owen Wilson's brother because it's always a shock to everyone. Head over to our story. We're going to have a poll up there right now. Which one's the hotter brother? Hotter or like better actor too. I feel like those are very different categories for totally. them. Totally. But yeah, everyone should be more like Elle. And if I could do, maybe I'll still go to law school. Maybe I will. And it's all because of Elle Woods. Honestly, Loki, after watching that movie, I was like, should I go? Should I just <laughs> go? Especially because she scores so high on the Elle stat. Like, why wouldn't we? Yeah. And also <laughs> she has like that band of sorority sisters around her. Like, what? how could you lose? How could you lose when you have that kind of support system? Vote for Elle. Vote for Elle. That's oh, I think I, I might be wrong, but I think Lulu Blonde part two might be <laughs> that she moves to DC with Warner and they go on a with court Warner? case. No, I'm sorry, not Warner, with uh, Luke Wilson. And they go... I think his name's Elliot or something. Yeah, I think it is. And they go and they move to D.C. And I'm pretty sure she hires a detective to find the parents of her dog, Bruiser. And they find out that... They find out that it's at, like, a testing place where they test, like, makeup or something on animals. And she, as a lawyer, goes and rescues them. Wait, that's actually really cool. I need to watch that again. I I think I've only seen that one time. But something that I will not subscribe to is the Legally Blondes, where it was those two twins that has nothing to do with anything. That movie's trash. Nothing of the sort. Nothing of the sort. A swing and a big fat miss. Yeah, not even a swing. Also, one other thing, not even a swing, like a bunt. Not even sure. But I think um, one of my favorite parts, too, while rewatching it back that I had kind of forgot about was when she first, it's her first day of law school, and they're all sitting on the lawn, and everyone's like going around and introducing themselves, and she's like, Hi, I'm Elle Woods, and this is Bruiser Woods, and we're both Gemini yeah. vegetarians. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm I like, that, that is so Malibu, it hurts. It might make that my Instagram bio. I love that part. Gemini um, vegetarians. I don't think we're nearly on the level of Elle Woods by any means. However, I do. I don't think we would fit in in law school. I agree with you because law school is for <laughs> boring, ugly people and who wear suits, and you're not one of those people, Elle. That's what her dad says. <laughs> I was going to say, God, that's way harsh, Ty. But, um, <laughs> way harsh, Ty. but I didn't realize that that was a quote from it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, right, but when she like tells her parents that she's going to go, they're like, Elle, yes, but you she's like the runner-up in the Miss Topanga beauty pageant, yeah. why? You throw that away. <laughs> oh, that's another movie that we should do a thesis on is Clueless, obviously. You're no, a virgin who totally. can't drive and all of that. That's but a um, harsh time. <laughs> Speaking of absolute role models like Elle Woods, we actually got one of our serious real life role models on the podcast today. We were so excited to have her. We've been looking forward to this for weeks and weeks, and we're really excited to share with you one of our biggest guests to date. On this episode, we have entrepreneur, photographer, content creator, world traveler, podcast host, and TikTok star, JC Marie Smith. And dog mom. And dog mom. Of course. Can't forget lady. Shout out lady. How you're going to be able to build confidence is making yourself proud every day. If, if at the end of every single day, you are proud of yourself and what you did that day and just who you were... 
that's a happy life. Like that's progress. And that's something I've had to remind myself a lot because make yourself proud is, is essentially the opposite of comparison. It's living your life for you and not worrying about other people. It's not make your mom proud, make your dad proud, make your significant other proud, or even make social media think you're cool. It's make yourself proud. Like these are the quiet moments where you're, like you said, you're running on the treadmill and you're like, I'm going to, I'm doing this for me. Like I'm not doing this for anyone else. I think it's just such a powerful way to live your life. Hi everyone. We are here today with JC Marie Smith. You might know her from Instagram. You probably know her from TikTok where she is blowing <laughs> up with her husband Leif. Or you might know her from her What We Said podcast, which I am a huge fan of. I look forward to it every week. Um, I think that's actually how I discovered you was the What We Said podcast. Oh yeah. But that I look forward to it every single week. And if you follow her on Instagram, TikTok, you might know about her dog, Lady. So our most pressing question is, <laughs> have you ever thought... Most pressing. The most pressing. We can end the podcast after this. Okay. Have you ever thought about making Lady have her own brand? I love that question. First of all, I don't know if I've ever been asked that specific question. It's so funny to me. I love it. Um... I have never thought of having her, you know, her having her own brand, but she does have her own Instagram. So I feel like she's on the road. She's on her way. It is funny because yes, a lot of people ask me questions about her. Like if she's ever in any content, it's like, what dog is that? Like she, a red toy poodle has always been my dream dog. And so she really does just look like a puppy or like a teddy bear and she's three years old. So people, she's a crowd pleaser. Like I feel like a lot of people follow me and they're like, I'll be like, what do you guys want to see more of in my content? And they're like, lady. I'm like, okay, I can, I can deliver. (laughs) Um, but yes, she's a star. She's not looking to have her own brand, but I do have a few, uh, like campaigns that I've done surrounding her, like her dog food that she eats all the time. Like I work with them and stuff. So she, she helps, you know, um, she helps fund fund our life for her own food. She's pulling her weight. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. pulling her own weight in the family. Yes, she, <laughs> she's killing it. Well, our next most pressing question, of course, I don't know if you know that Taylor Swift's re-record album for Fearless just came out last night. Very exciting. Have you been listening? Are you into Taylor Swift? What is your take on her? I am like, okay, so I love Taylor Swift. I grew up listening to her. Like, I think, oh my gosh, some of her songs are just like, they bring me right back to when I was in middle school and high school. I think she's an amazing songwriter and she has so many bops. But that being said, I'm not like the number one Swifty where I'm like, ah, it's coming out at midnight. You know, like I'm not like ranking the songs or anything, but I definitely love her and I will definitely be giving that a listen. I did not know it came out last night though. So thank you for telling me. Yeah, consider this yes, your warning. Yes, we're in the business of keeping everyone informed. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Um, it immediately transported me back to 2008, having this new album back out. I feel like I am a kid again, and I'm listening yes. on my iPod. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or the family computer. Oh, my God. It's like a time capsule. I, I really do real. love her. her. What is the song that I was just, that I found? Like, I can listen to, oh, she has so many albums. I'm forgetting which one I was just listening to the other day. Um but I feel like it's so it's one of those things where you remember every word to the song. You're like, I haven't heard this in five years, but like I know every word. I can karaoke it, no problem. I can't remember someone's name that they just told me, but I can remember every word to the Taylor Swift song. Hundred <laughs> percent, yes. So moving back to you as a, a content creator and uh would you call yourself a content creator or an influencer? I kind of I wanna know your take on I guess both. It's funny because I feel like the name influencer just has a bad 
like reputation kind of. And I wish it didn't, but I really feel like people just kind of associate like the word influencer with bad things. I don't know why. So in that, you know, for that reason, I guess maybe a content creator is a better name because I do create content every day. I mean, that's my job, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. um, I think being an influencer, even though people can think it's cringy, like the word of the word, I think at the end of the day, that's what you are doing is you're influencing your audience to, you know, whatever to buy certain things that you're talking about or, uh, sharing with them. So, Uh, that was a long-winded answer but I'm comfortable being called either I definitely think either of them work you know as a job description they definitely go hand in hand I think personally maybe influencer has kind of moved into the space more of just Instagram model like there's like photographers that follow you around and you're just taking like hot pics of yourself all day long and like tagging your bikinis but like content creators a little bit more like behind the scenes work that goes into it and like building a brand. And I think I definitely associate you more with the latter because Ashley and I are just like very obsessed with like the aesthetics that you create and it just seems so effortless to you. So I was just curious, like after you've blown up now on Instagram and everything, do you get recognized in public? Do people walk up to you and say like, oh my gosh, hi JC or like, what does that look like? And do you like it? Yeah, people definitely do come up to me sometimes. I wouldn't say it's like nonstop, but um, especially when I go to like my hometown or like, I feel like in LA, I get recognized definitely sometimes, but not every single day uh, because I just feel like in LA, there's like so many bigger celebrities that it's almost like, I feel like I'm just a nobody, you know what I mean? But um I do love it. I love when people come up and say hi. It's so cool to it's like sometimes when you are a content creator influencer, you almost feel like you're you know, you're speaking to people, but you don't realize like that you're speaking to so many people. And then when you meet them in person, like we had a um, podcast live event and like to see these girls come and like meet us, I was like, oh, my gosh. And they're like, I listen every single week. And I'm like, that's so weird because I'm just talking and like being crazy or whatever, but you're listening to that every week. So I really do enjoy meeting people. Obviously this past year with the pandemic, I feel like it's been slowed down a lot. I haven't gotten approached as much just because people aren't, you know, as comfortable, which makes sense. But, um, no, I love it. I mean, I love meeting the people like my audience because I feel like we're friends. Yeah, it can kind of feel, I'm sure, like screaming into the void with a podcast or a vlog. And it's not like you're a singer at a concert and you see those people every single time. So it's nice to bridge that gap and make that connection of, oh, yeah, here you are. You watch my stuff. You Totally. <laughs> it's crazy. And has being a part of something that's given you a platform on different social media platforms introduced you to other creators? Like, has that made you able to, you know, reach out to other people and form a community in that way? Yes, I actually feel I I have so many friends who are in the same industry and I've met some of my absolute favorite people through this job. It's actually kind of crazy. Like even before I had like, I don't know, probably back when I even had like 30 or 40 K, I had meet. Uh, met a lot of people through Instagram and they're still my friends now. And so I've kind of like grown with these people for the past five years and we all do the same thing. It's actually interesting because I don't have a lot of friends that don't do what I do, which is kind of weird. Like I feel like I've just met some of my best friends through Instagram and we can connect on so many levels because we have a lot of the same interests. We have the same job essentially. So we can really like understand each other in a lot of 
ways. Sometimes I feel like, um, you know, my friends who don't, uh, this is the case for any job. It's like when you have a friend who has no idea about like the industry that you're in, it's hard to like express certain, I don't know, just thoughts or emotions. Cause they're like, Oh, like, why is that a problem? You know, whereas my friends who do the same thing as me, like, Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I totally get that. That happened to me and whatever. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because influencing is like, it's such a huge part of my life. It's like my life is essentially to share or sorry, my job is essentially to share my life. And so it all kind of just like blends together. And so I'll be hanging out with my friends and we'll kind of do work while we're hanging out. But, um, yeah, I mean, social media has connected me to so many amazing people. I'm so grateful for that. And is that hard to separate your life from your job when your job is your life? Like how, how is, I'm sure the lines are blurred and it's probably very confusing. What does that look like keeping a healthy balance or any kind of separation? This is something I work on every single day. The lines are so blurry. Um, Even last night I was actually talking to Leif because there's this, there was this little trend on TikTok going around and I was like, oh, we should do that. That's funny. Like that's an interesting it's literally not that deep. It's it's just like, oh, women and men's, uh, the center of gravity is different. So like you do this little pose and then see if like the mm-hmm. guy falls or whatever. I was like, oh, we should try that. And, um, he was kind of like, uh, like, and I was saying, I was like, it's so interesting because, or, or no, I think he said something about work. Like, oh, I don't want to do work. And I was like, well, it's not work. It's like a fun TikTok. It's not like for a brand, it's not work. You know what I mean? But I totally understand (laughs) how he thinks that because he just associates like social media with work. And so in some ways it can kind of take the fun out of it where it's like, you feel, you know, while another person who this doesn't have the pressure of this being their job, they're just like, Oh, we should make a fun TikTok with our, with my friends. And for me, it's like, I do that all day. So if my friend's like, let's do that. I'm like, I'm already tired from like making TikToks. Like that's my job. So it can't learn another dance today. (laughs) Yeah. It becomes like less fun in a way. Um, and the lines are just so blurry because there is always more that you could do. And that's kind of where I get stuck is like, I'll be, you know, about to get ready for bed. And I realize, um, oh, I could film me like, you know, this is my skincare routine for the night. These are my favorite products that I use before I get into bed. Um, you know, as I'm getting into bed, here's the bedding that we have. Like people are asking for my nightlight lamp. Like it's just, so you really have to just like shut it off and be like, I'm not filming stuff right now. Like I could film every second of my day. It's like, I I could film right now behind the scenes of doing this podcast and then, you know, take a photo right after that of, um, my outfit and say, swipe up for it. And then say, people are going to ask like, what's the podcast gear. And I could link to that. It's like, it could be never ending. So sometimes it is like really stressful because I'm also have always been very much like an overachiever. Like I always just like want to keep go, go, go more, more, more. And so to me, like, Leif is, he definitely brings me back to earth. Sometimes he's like, okay, it's like enough for today. And I'm like, you're right. Like I need to chill. And also mm-hmm. I do need more of that like Zen time in my life where I'm not connected to my phone because it just, I need to recharge. So, um, yeah, it's something that I like am constantly working at. That's definitely a hard part of the job. I've never thought about that because other jobs, case closed, project finished, goal reached, moving on, like next quarter, they're, it's really limitless until you go to bed if you, unless you put a stop to it in some way or boundaries. Exactly. On it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I always wonder this about content creators as well. Like when you say you could be filming things your entire day, every little second, every little thing, I'm sure the more you do it, like the point you're at in your career and your skill level, it's like, you know, exactly the kind of shots you need to get taken. But I just, I wonder 
for content creators out there all over. It's like, how do you enjoy a brunch with your best friends or a trip or something without having to think always in the back of your head in terms of visual and in terms of this, this looks great, this aesthetic, like I need to get this clip of this video. Like, do you ever feel like you can shut it off in your mind or is it always kind of there? It's so hard because it's kind of always there for me in a way, which is kind of like uh, scary to even say, because it's like, this has just been my life for as long as I can remember. And that's why it's Mm -hmm. hard for me to not like the other day I went to lunch with my friends and actually the lunch was like really cute. And I told Chelsea, I was like, I'm not taking a photo of this. Like I'm like putting my foot down. Like I'm not taking, and it's so, so silly and dumb because it's like, I could take a photo, but I'm like, I just want to like enjoy this moment and not be like, guys, here's what I ate. This is like the place I was at, whatever. So I didn't take a photo of my lunch. Like, and, and I'm just trying to, it it really does sound so dumb, but I'm trying to have more moments like that where I'm like sitting there and something's cute. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not taking a photo of that. Like I already took a million photos today. I don't need to shoot that Mm -hmm. as well. Um, but ever since, I mean, I've been doing this as a job since forever. I mean, I was a photographer in high school, took photos of everything all the time. And then, you know, now I'm 26 and I still do that every day, all day. So it's almost (laughs) like it's just programmed in my mind to take photos of whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm wearing and share it, which is, I love it. That's why I do it for a job. But sometimes it can be a little bit like, yeah, you're just always searching for that photo moment. And it's like, at what point are you just chilling, you know, living life? What kind of um, gigabytes are we looking at in terms of storage with all of this photo and video content? Oh my gosh. I have a million hard drives. Do you have a closet filled with hard drives? Yes. I have a million hard drives. (laughs) Like you guys would be shook. I have so many hard drives that I keep photos on. My phone currently has a hundred, over a hundred thousand photos on it. I don't even know how it like runs. Like, I'm just like, I don't even know how it's like still texting people or functioning. functioning. You have to get a new phone like every month. (laughs) Yeah, I probably need to. I have like such old photos on there too, but I'm always so scared. Like I'm like, yeah, they're in the cloud, but I don't, I don't know. I get nervous about all that. So I like don't delete stuff, but, um, Oh, that's exactly how I am. And Abby wants to kill me over I'm like, I'm sure it's somewhere, but like, I'm not deleting these precious memories. I'm, I'm such a, I really am a minimalist in a lot of ways. I don't like a lot of stuff, but with pictures, I'm like, that's the only thing that I'm like a hoarder. I'm like, no, I will not delete that memory. Like, I don't know where it is anyway. But yeah, my phone is like way, has way too many photos, but hard drives are the saving grace. That's how I keep everything organized and have them all labeled and stuff. Abby and I were far from content creators, obviously, but we were recently on a trip together and we were like, okay, we need a picture on our phone. Now we need one on film. Now we need a video. Now we need one on the digital camera that's more professional than the phone. And we were like, how do people really do this within their actually? And that was like one hour of our day. Imagine it being our whole life, Ashley. We were like, how many mediums can we get? It really is that. (laughs) Yes. And you have to like pick your battles because even when we were just in New York, Chelsea and I, yeah, we were saying the same thing. We're like, this is so, it's way too much to be like, okay, we get an iPhone photo for Instagram, then something for stories, then Mm -hmm. a film shot for like our, what we said, Instagram, and then we need to vlog it all. Oh, and then we wanted to do a TikTok. And it's like, at that point, what even are you doing? But you're not even living in that moment because it's like content, 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 content. So, um, yeah, you definitely just have to like pick your priorities for certain trips. Like I'll just be like, my priorities are, I'll take photos. Like when it's convenient at the end of the day, I'll go through and do stories. That way I'm not just like every time I take a photo, I'm like editing it now for the stories. So I'll kind of just like shoot photos throughout the day. 
uh, casually. Having film photos is easy. But yeah, when you add on like TikTok, YouTube, it's like, it can be a lot. So sometimes I'll just pick one. I'll be like, for today, I'm like focusing on YouTube and that's kind of like what I'm doing today. So I'm not going to whip out my film camera 24 seven. Um, but yeah, you just have to, I guess, have prior priorities. Abby and I were for real. Abby and I were practically like, let's bring out a sketch artist to um literally around it. Every <laughs> medium possible. As many mediums. We're ready. Yeah. <laughs> so with all these different projects and all your toes dipping into all of these different content levels and everything, like do you have a favorite? Do you have one that you prefer to create on or to put content out on? Or what's your favorite project you're working on right now? Oh my gosh. I have so, it's really hard for me to pick a favorite. I have a lot of things that I, I'm really excited about right now. I would say as far as like the platform that I like the most, TikTok for sure. It's the best algorithm for growth right now in social media. I fully believe it's like, I've seen people, it kind of reminds me of how Instagram used to be when I started. When I started Instagram, it was a lot easier to grow. It was a lot easier to get discovered because number one, there was a lot less users, obviously, but also it just, the algorithm allowed new people to find you. And, um, so it was very rewarding and very fun because you were kind of just like building this community, being able to grow, grow. And so that was really exciting. And I think TikTok is kind of reminding me of that. It reminded me even more of it like a year ago, cause it, it's getting a little bit, t- tiny bit harder to grow now, I think. But even a year ago, it was just like, it's, I mean, I had one video go viral and I gained so many followers from that one video, which is just crazy. Like that's never happened to me in my whole career. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, I guess it's just fun because you can kind of, and, and for me, it's so funny because I feel like TikTok, I can really be myself and I can really just put out a bunch of content and some of it lands and some of it doesn't, but it's like crazy. The videos that just do really well. And like, you just gain a new audience from it. So, um, I definitely say TikTok is like my favorite platform at the moment, but, um, our balanced boss platform as well, which is like a health and business learning platform that Chelsea and I do on the side of the podcast. I'm really excited about, cause we are just working on some fun things. We have some new courses coming out and some like products that we're working on. And so that's been really really exciting like the past few months yeah we wanted to ask you about balanced boss good job hitting the marker yeah because we were really curious about it so do you want for everyone who's not um super aware of what that is do you want to tease it out a little bit like the courses and kind of give them like maybe one takeaway that you guys try to put out with balanced boss Yeah. So Chelsea and I have been best friends since high school and we have our podcast together, which is the light of our lives. Like it's the so, so fun. Um, and it has kind of become more of like a girl talk, girl chat podcast. We definitely share a little bit here and there with like health and business tips and like self-help, self-love kind of stuff, because that's also, uh, stuff we're very passionate about. Chelsea's a, um, holistic health coach. She's a certified health coach. I'm obviously an entrepreneur and content creator and all of that. And I have always been so business obsessed, like ever since I can remember, I've always been my own boss and I just love being an entrepreneur. And so, um, Chelsea had actually come up with the idea a while ago. This is uh, like a year ago at this point, I think. And she had said like, whenever my client, my health clients have business questions, I always wish I could just give them your number and be like, just call JC. Like she can help you. And she's like, I just can't help but think that people would like benefit so much if we could both be their coach. Like you could help them on the, you know, business entrepreneur side of things and I could help them with the health stuff. And so that's where balanced boss was born. 
And that's why it's called Balanced Boss because it's balancing the health and the business side of your life. And so we decided, so originally it was just a course that we were launching. And then we were like, this would be cool if it just became a platform where we launched different courses with different subjects. We had other people come on that were like experts in certain fields and they launched their own courses like via Balanced Boss. And, you know, like I said, we're like working on even more things now, like some products and stuff. And so, um, it's kind of all just coming together in a way that we didn't expect, but it's essentially just courses. Uh, we're, we're ha- have some in the works that are just for business, just for social media, just about health um, combined. We have our Balanced Boss 1.0 course that we've been selling for a little while, and that's a health and business course. Um, and it's just like split into eight different sections and people just learn all about how these um, eight different things apply to their health and their business life and kind of how to mesh it all together. So we just give our best advice and it's something we're both so passionate about and we have so much fun as well. It's not like such a serious thing to us. Like we also have a blast doing it. And I've always wanted to be somewhat of a business coach or an like just help people because I've found that a lot of my friends and family will call me when they have ideas or like, they're like, what do you think about this business idea? Like I'm one of the first people that they call because they, you know, appreciate my advice, I guess. And so I, I realized like, oh, this is something that I love and that I'm good at. So I should like talk about it more. Totally. And that's probably so fun to do with your best friend. Yes. It's so fun. I love it. So kind of going along with that, in terms of health, wellness, living a fulfilled life, staying productive, do you just have any tips on working smarter, not harder? Because I feel like you, with your crazy schedule, you, I'm sure, have had to figure out how to prioritize and live a very organized life just to keep everything in its place and kind of stay sane. So I guess for anyone out there living also a very like kind of hectic life and really doing the most with a lot of side hustles, how do you work smarter, not harder? I mean, I would say if you're in a position to delegate absolutely delegate. I think having a team is so powerful. It's like, I know that's not where everyone begins. I didn't start there. Obviously I was doing it all on my own for a long time, but I've learned over the years, like I can't do it all. And everyone should be aware of that. It's like, if you want to be running a podcast, a YouTube, a TikTok, an Instagram, and other businesses as well, you have to know you can't do that all on your own well, like unless you're going to be running yourself ragged, you know what I mean? So um, I think, you know, hiring a team or hiring one person, even very part-time to help you with the things that you're not great at. I've always, I've never considered myself very organized. Um, I'm very scatterbrained and I think that's part, it's a blessing and a curse for me. It's what it's why I have creative ideas and it's also why I can't stay on task a lot of times because I'm very like all over the place. My assistant Beth will always be like, like I'll be talking about one thing. And as I'm saying, I'm like, Oh, and we could do this and that. And she's like, okay, one thing, like one thing at a time. It's like way too much. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I know. So uh, it's been really helpful for me to have other people. Obviously I have Leif and I'm very lucky to also work with my husband and have him be able to take my photos. I know that's not everyone's um, story. So I would say if you're like genuinely, you're like, I don't, I can't afford to hire people right now and I'm all on my own. You have to prioritize things and be extremely realistic with yourself. If you're wanting to start a podcast and you're like, well, I know social media is like so powerful and I want to be able to have an Instagram for it and a TikTok for it or whatever else. Like you just need to 
be realistic about what's possible for you right now. And I think we can get so much more done than we think we can. It's like, if you want to do all those things, start setting a schedule for yourself where you're like, okay, Mondays are content days. We're going to film 10 TikToks for the week and we're going to take, you know, two Instagram photos. And then it's like, that's our content for the week. And then on Tuesday, we're going to brainstorm ideas for this. Like if you break things up and you are, like you said, working smarter, not harder. If you, I think that would be probably my biggest piece of advice is coming up with some sort of schedule like that, coming up with a content calendar where you know when you're posting things. So it's not just like this hectic thing where it's very spur of the moment. If you're doing it all on your own, you have to be very organized. I know I'm going to take that and run with it. That's really good. Um, yeah, take it and sprint, (laughs) Ashley. We're sprinting. Yeah. Okay. I was wondering, you have obviously had an extremely successful career. We were wondering what are some things that you have failed at that you looking back, you kind of are grateful for, or you just led you to where you are today. Um, yeah, it's, you know, what's so funny is like, I, for the first little bit of my career, granted, I was very young. I, my friends and I would joke that like, I just never failed. And it was like, it, it, it sounds weird to say, but like everything I was trying was just kind of working. And I was like, what the heck? This is awesome. Like I'm posting on Instagram. I grow really fast. It's like, I'm getting paid great money for my age. Like this is amazing. And then it, it's almost like when things started to not go amazing for me all the time, that was such a, like a hit to me, a shock to me. I was just like, Oh, Whoa, the world doesn't like revolve around me. This is not perfect all the time. Like I'm failing at things I thought I was good at. I would say something that's like honestly ongoing is that I don't really grow on Instagram. And that's something that I started out being kind of like embarrassed by because I always felt like people were coming to me for advice, right? It's like, how do I grow my social media? Meanwhile, I was not growing on Instagram and I haven't grown for like two years on Instagram. I personally think I'm shadow banned or something. Maybe that's just an excuse. But every time I'm on a different account, like if I'm on the what we said account and I had just posted on my personal account, it won't show up like on the what we said account when it's like I only follow myself and Chelsea. So it's like, why would it? And Chelsea's posts all are there, but like mine are never there and I have to like seek myself out. So I personally think there's like something wrong with my you can account. You take this up with corporate. Yeah. Oh, I know. I've tried. I'm like, dude, someone on Instagram, please. Um, but I would say that's like one of the biggest in my eyes, what has been like a failure is like not being able to get my Instagram to grow for literally two years. Like for someone with my personality, that is just like truly so frustrating because I'm very um, progress driven and I like to see like things happen. And the other annoying part is I always feel like I'm willing to work for it. So I'm like, when things don't happen, I'm just like, what do you mean? Why is it not working? But I actually, I actually am grateful for it because it has given me just a different perspective where I realize, like, oh, sometimes you can be working really hard and things actually don't work out for you in the timing that you want. But it gives you a new perspective where now I can I can truly empathize with other people who are like, I, I'm trying and it's just like it's not working for me. And in my mind, I used to kind of just be like, oh, you just need to work harder like you need to you know, do something else. And now I'm like, oh, sometimes you can be doing like giving something your all and it genuinely just doesn't work like in the time that you want it to. And that's okay. And it's also okay to pivot in your career and do other things. And like I started TikTok only 
a year ago and like I got verified on TikTok, which is I'm not even verified on Instagram. That's my longest, you know, platform that I've had for since I was in high school, since I and I've been working so hard at Instagram and then TikTok comes along and I already have more followers on there even than Instagram, which is just like so odd to me. But I wouldn't have gotten there if I was so stuck on like just Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I was willing to do other things. And I think um, maybe if my Instagram was like really still growing, I wouldn't have even like tried TikTok. So I would have been like, oh, I don't need to. Like I already have, a, you know, I'm already growing on this other platform. So that's like one of the main things that comes to my mind when you ask that question. Do you ever get jealous of other creators? Like, do you ever look at other people and say like, oh, I wish my platform could look more like this or I wish I could be growing like them? Or are you kind of able to stay in your own lane? And if so, like, how do you not? struggle with comparison because I feel like to a certain extent like all of us do especially with social media and being in this generation um so that's just something we kind of all go through but what's your what's your advice or what's your take on that 100% I mean I think comparison has been one of my biggest struggles and like my biggest downfalls at time times because you know if you've struggled with comparison it really makes you feel it just takes the spark out of you. Like for me, it's like when I'm looking at other people, for instance, you know, I haven't grown on Instagram in a while and I've been working hard at it. So it's like when I see other people that are doing the same thing as me ish and like they're just skyrocketing in growth, like it's hard sometimes for me to just be like, oh, good for them. You know, like I'm sometimes I'm just like, oh, like why? I'm always, I always tell Leif, I'm never not happy for someone else. I'm just sad for me, which is a form of comparison, right? It's like, that means you're comparing yourself to them and they have nothing to do with you. And I I think that's something I've had to remind myself time and time again, is that instead of saying like, why me? Why me? Like, why is this happening? It's like, why couldn't these things happen for me that happen for other people? Like, you know, someone I know just, you know, post a photo, it does really well. They get tons of followers. Like, well, why instead of being like, that would never happen for me. Like, of course it happens for them. That should open up your mind and, and make you understand that the possibilities for you are endless as well. And that anything that can happen to someone else can also happen to you and everything works out in the right timing. So you just need to be patient and also comparing yourself for me, at least it completely strips me of my creativity and my like fun spirit. Like I feel like all the good things about me that that would make me successful, those things kind of disappear when I'm just like comparing myself and feeling super down. Yeah, totally. Okay. I was kind of wondering, bouncing off of that, I think I heard you mention this on a podcast episode a while ago, but the whole ideology of making yourself proud, me and Abby have taken that and absolutely run with it. Literally and figuratively, we were on the treadmill and we were like, okay, 10 more minutes. Let's make ourselves proud. But where did you, where did you come up with that? And how have you kind of integrated it into your life? I cannot remember the source of that quote, but it is definitely a good one. Thank you. It's definitely (laughs) something I live by. I created an ebook like years ago about like growth and social media. And I called, I called it make yourself proud. That's definitely been like a mantra and something that I've lived by for years now because I just truly believe that's the source of that's how you're going to be able to build confidence is making yourself proud every day. If, if at the end of every single day, you are proud of yourself and what you did that day and just who you were, that's a happy life. Like that's progress. And that's something I've had to remind myself a lot because 
make yourself proud is, is essentially the opposite of comparison. It's living your life for you and not worrying about other people. It's not make your mom proud, make your dad proud, make your significant other proud, or even make social media think you're cool. It's make yourself proud. Like these are the quiet moments where you're, like you said, you're running on the treadmill and you're like, I'm going to, I'm doing this for me. Like I'm not doing this for anyone else. I think it's just such a powerful way to Mm -hmm. live your life. And I've heard this quote a lot. I don't know if you guys listen to Ed Milet ever. He's like my pump up guy. Love him. Love, love him. Don't get us started on Ed. (laughs) We love Ed. We always, we stan Ed. Oh, Eddie boy. I stan, we stan him. So he, I want to fan club for him. He always says like, (laughs) you know, um, keep the promises that you make to yourself. And and that kind of coincides right along. I think with make yourself proud. It's like, if you say you're going to do something, do something. And for me, that's how I make myself proud is if I say I'm going to get up and work out, I'm going to get up and work out. Not because anyone told me to, but because I said I was going to do that. And I want to prove to myself every day that I can keep those promises and I can, you know, be proud of myself at the end of every day. That to me is confidence and like, is going to lead to a happy life. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with the abundance mindset that we were kind of talking about earlier. Like just because somebody else is doing something amazing doesn't mean that I also can't do something amazing that I also can't accomplish everything that I want to. And if you kind of stay in your own lane and thinking of just making yourself proud and not doing it for anyone else, I think that really kind of ties into having an abundance mindset, which I think is just really conducive for mental health in general and a really important way of thinking. And it's obviously harder said than done. Like we can't just say, okay, I'm going to start thinking this way now. But I think if you chip away at it, it's definitely a good way to kind of figure it out, especially in our 20s when we're all just like, trying to figure out what we want our life to look like and what we're working towards. Definitely. Abundance mindset, that's like the most powerful mindset you can have. It's going to take these negative situations, things that are negative in your mind and make them feel so much lighter. Yeah, we're big into affirmations. We are huge into affirmation. And I kind of think there's truth behind faking it until you make it. You, the words you tell yourself, even if you don't believe them, you keep telling yourself them for two weeks, a month, however long it takes. And before you know it, that becomes who you are. So I think that kind of ties back in with making yourself proud. Even if you don't feel like you are proud today, just believing that you are which obviously easier said than done. But as the weeks go on, I mm-hmm. believe that that is who you become. I totally agree. I think it's really important self-talk and like the words that you tell yourself and that kind of shapes your image and how you think of yourself and also how you think of others too. Because if you're less judgmental and harsh on how you critique yourself, you're going to be less judgmental and harsh on how you critique oh, others that's as so well, true. I think. Um, but what are, are you also into affirmations? Like, do you tell yourself anything every day? Do you have like a mantra that you, I, I have, I'm not like, I totally believe in affirmations. I feel like I could definitely, you know, do them more often. I feel like my version of affirmations is like, I do a gratitude journal in the morning and that's kind of like, um, it's the five minute journal. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's, it's super easy to do. And it's just like saying, you know, three things that you're grateful for and like how you want to feel that day and stuff. And like, to me, that's kind of gets me in that same mentality of like, you know, I am these things and I'm going to do this today Mm -hmm. and I'm going to feel good and whatever. And it is so powerful. It's insane how much just like literally changing what you say it just like changes your own mind and becomes true to you. It's crazy. Yeah. Our minds are super powerful. That could also pivot on the opposite end with negative self-talk where if you keep telling yourself those same negative things, I 
didn't do this right today. I missed the mark on this. You start to believe it more and more and more. So it just all ties together on the whole positive mindset, abundance mindset. It becomes your reality, I think. Well, and and your life is just, your life is what you focus on. Like what you experience day to day is what you're focusing on. That's just, that's how it is. So it's like, if you are focused on, I didn't do that right. I'm a piece of crap. I look so ugly today. I knew that girl was going to do better than me at this, whatever. That's your whole life then. And it's like, do you really want to be feeling like that every day? I mean, I know I don't, but I also have totally done that where it's like, I have days where I focus on just the negatives. And like, I've even had to tell, I, I've told my friends, I'm like, it's so crazy because I feel like I've always been such like a, an upbeat, positive person. But lately, uh-huh. like in certain circumstances, I've just been become a pessimist where I'm like, oh, I just think of immediately like the negative scenario that like, comes into my mind first. And I've literally told like Chelsea and Leif, I'm like, I want you guys to like check me. Like if I say something, I want you to be like, no, like (laughs) you need to be more positive about this and whatever. And so Leif does that all the time. Like I'll be saying like, oh my gosh, I just got the worst like messages about this. Like, you know, people are being so rude and he's like, okay, how many messages? And I'm like two. And he's like, okay, out of how many? And I'm like a (laughs) hundred. And he's like, okay, he's like those, you know, it's like 2%. It's like, why are we focusing on the 2% when 98% of people are saying such great things? And I'm like, yeah, that's, and I'm lucky to have like him to be very honest with me like that. But sometimes you just do need to like a reality check because it's so much easier, I think, to focus on the negative for some odd reason. It's like those things just stick in your mind more, but it's so powerful to focus on the positive and it will make your life so much better. Yeah, Ashley and I like to check each other all the time, right, Ash? Oh, yeah, because we are, like, overly optimistic until we're not, and then it's the extreme opposite. <laughs> um, we're all big into extremes over right. here. <laughs> we're all big into extremes. So, and usually it balances out, though, because usually when she's, like, on a low, I'm on the highest of highs and vice versa. So thank God for that. But... Um, yeah. Well, I was going to ask, oh, what are some of your tips besides me and Abby yelling at each other or Leif telling you to check yourself? What are some other tips to kind of get out of your own head and get back into like the flow of things and who you know that you really are? Get off my phone. Number one, I think that is like, like for sure when I'm feeling really anxious or like comparing myself or just feeling because sometimes I'll do the comparison thing without realizing it. It's not like I see someone and I'm like, directly comparing myself to them but I just start to feel it's like after I've been scrolling for an hour I just start to feel kind of like like I'm not doing enough like I need to be a little bit better at this or whatever just get off your phone like get off your freaking phone more often and you'll realize the world is so much bigger than this virtual world and a lot of that stuff just really doesn't matter that much so I think like getting into nature getting off my phone like reading and writing and stuff have been really great for me um and and it's so crazy because I can go from being in such a negative headspace when I'm on my phone a lot and then I I'll have that moment where I'm like okay, I need to get off because I'm, I'm feeling anxious and like, this is not. And by the way, it's like a lot of phone usage has been directly linked to depression, anxiety, envy. It's like, it's, you know, there's science behind it. It's like you, if you're just in this virtual world all day, you're not really living your life. You're going to feel 
bad feelings. And, um, so I'll get off my phone and it's crazy because I can literally change my mood from being like very anxious. And then I'll like go, Leif and I will go on a walk and I'll like leave my phone at home. I'll come back. I'll read a few pages of my book and like take some notes. And I'm literally like, I'm so inspired again. Like I just had a great idea. I want to do this tomorrow. And and when you're so like when you're on Instagram all day or whatever, because I think especially when it's your job, that becomes an excuse where you literally are on your phone all day. Like that's how I feel. I'm like, I'm, I have to be on my phone and my computer a lot of the day, but then it just like bleeds into where you're just literally constantly on your phone when it's also your job. So, um, I think that's like my number one tip for sure. Isn't that crazy? I've totally experienced the, what you're saying when you're scrolling and after a while you just feel like horrible and it's not even like maybe specifically about anything that is in your life that you even have control over. It's just in general, you're kind of just like, wow, like I am always looking outwards and like looking at everyone else's life. When am I going to start living my own? And it's, it's, it's really trippy. And I, I wonder how like the long-term impacts of social media is going to have on our generation because it's, it hasn't been around for that long, at least not to this level or like this level of saturation in our lives and our days, how many hours people are oh. spending on it a day. Like, Oh, it's I crazy. It's and I look go. at my screen time and I'm just like, it's like eight and a half hours to him. Like that's at the time I was awake. So, so what do you mean? <laughs> something's not adding up. Yeah. I'm like, something's not adding up. There wasn't a single moment where I was like, because I mean, granted screen time also counts like podcasts and maps. So I always, I'm like, I like to take that into consideration because a lot of times it's not just like you on your phone, but I mean, I want kids soon. And I keep thinking that like, if I want to, sh- like, I don't want to, have a baby and be just like on my phone all day while I'm like missing my kid growing up. So that's been kind of a wake up call for me where I'm like, I need to work on this now and get this under control now, the whole phone addiction thing. So that, you know, when I do have kids, I can like be more present and, and I'm not trying to do that, juggle that as well with kids, but it's, it's hard. I mean, phone addiction is very real. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Cause you could just be so mindless scrolling through TikTok. It is like an escape, which is horrific. Yes. <laughs> it's as much of an escape as watching a TV show, except there's no, there's no point. At least a TV show, you're getting a good story. <laughs> totally. And it's much more like it's, it's, it's much easier to do the whole comparison thing because you're literally looking at like peers and people, you know, and people. So it's like even worse for your mental health. I would way rather Chelsea and I always say that we're like, you know, it's bad when like you watch TV and you're like, Oh, I feel so amazing. Like I, I, I'm like off my phone and it's like, Oh, I'm literally still watching trash TV, but it somehow still feels better. Yeah. We're just staring at a bigger screen. Exactly. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I've done so amazing today. Yeah. (laughs) It's still That's completely um, Super quick question. This is also a make or break question. We should have asked this at the beginning. Thoughts on Survivor, the TV show? <laughs> <gasps> obsessed. We're recently obs- beyond stop, obsessed. Really? I best. can't stop watching. Oh, it's the best show. The last night, my dad was like, "What? What year was that that you were watching?" And I was like, "Uh, like 2009. I don't know. <laughs> like 10, over it's ten years ago." It's the best yeah. show. I know Chelsea recently like put me back onto it because I I had watched it like forever. I remember like maybe my family watching it. I didn't really recall it that much. I'm like, I can't really Mm -hmm. remember the vibe of this show. But then Leif and I got so addicted and we watched, I don't know how many seasons we watched in a row, probably like five seasons. We're like, okay, we need to take a break. So now we're on to Great British Baking Show. 
Oh, that's fun. We've been watching that, which is very wholesome. I really like watching it before bed because I'm like, oh, this is like really just a sweet show. Um, but I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to pop back into Survivor soon. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, it's so good. We I remember it coming on after like American Idol as a kid. And then me and Abby, we were on a trip together and we were bored. And we we're like, you know what? Let's try Survivor. And now we can't stop keeping on top of each other. Have you finished the season? What do you think about Tom? Like all of this nonsense. It's so good. <laughs> and it's like you get so invested in the characters and you're just like, no. Oh. Like, and when they like stab each other in the back, you're just shook. Yeah. It's so good. And I was like, I, I was like, it. Abby, we should, uh, let's just disband our podcast and start a Survivor recap. What are we doing? <laughs> I do it. I'll listen. I'll tune in. I'll be your first listener, ladies. Party of three. We're we the go only back through all the seasons, back to like 2002, <laughs> like still talking about it. Yes, so please. I'm here for it. I'm just going to reel it back, reel it back in. But um, I, I kind of wanted to know, like, obviously this podcast is for people in their 20s and like kind of just we're all in this together. Nobody knows what the heck we're doing. We're just figuring it out one day at a time. Um, but you, have you ever received any insightful advice or just things that you think is really good for people at this age in this in this decade of your 20s to know and to think about? Yeah, I mean, I would say just you don't have to have it figured out at all. And don't ever put pressure on yourself that you need to have it figured out or that other people are in on this secret and like you just don't know what you're doing with your life. Like, I think on social media, it is really easy to look around and just be like, what the how do these people like I know I even think that. And then people also think that about me, like, how is she doing that at a young age? And like, I all see people, you know, buying how these huge houses and they're like 23. And I'm like, what, like, how the heck are you doing that? Or, you know what I mean? It's like social media just gives you such a little insight into people's lives. But I think it's become very damaging because a lot of people see, you know, the, the tiny percent of people who are very successful in their 20s who already have a career and they're like, feel like, what the heck I should definitely be to that point. Um, and I was listening to this podcast actually, and she, I I think she was like maybe in her late thirties and she was saying like, I just barely found what I like to do. Like where my career path that I'm like passionate about. She's like, when I was like 28, I just was like, Oh, my life is over. Like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And then 10 years later, you know, she's almost in her forties and she's like, Oh, now I really kind of feel like I get life. I'm really excited about, you know, certain projects that I'm working on. And to me, that was just like such a wake up call because I, again, I'm CEO of like overachieving. Like I'm always just like, Oh, I need to do more. And I just realized I'm like, I'm 26 years old. When you're in your twenties, have fun, like experiment with different things and, and find what you like. You don't have to have the top podcast right now. You don't have to be the, you know, biggest influencer or be making six figures or more, or you don't need to have it all figured out. And you shouldn't like, it's not, it's not crazy for you to be like in between jobs, not really knowing what you're passionate about. And, and I think like when you can kind of relieve that pressure and be like, I have my whole life ahead of me. It's like, it it makes things a lot you just have less of a burden on you. So I would say just like try and remember that you're young and you literally have your whole life to figure stuff out and you, you're totally good. Just take a deep breath. That's what I want to say to everyone. Yeah. Life is not linear. Everyone, you're totally good. Chill out. Yes. (laughs) I have to remind myself 
because uh, to let go of this obsessive timeline, I have to be engaged at 27 so I can get married at 28 so I can have my most perfect career in house by 30, which is that's 30 is not a death sentence. <laughs> exactly. Acts, I like think it, it is, is though. We act like we must have had the most outrageous fun and seen every country by 30 and like married. And it's not reality. It's just not. <laughs> no, it's not. And I think honestly, it's been cool. Like even the Kardashians kind of have like, I feel like have taught me this. Like a lot of girls thrive in their thirties and forties. They're like, that's the best, that was the best time of my life. And I always just try and remember that because it's like, you don't need to be a CEO when you're 25. It's like, you really don't. And like you said, with the whole like marriage thing and stuff, it's like, you really don't have to have it all figured out. You don't need to be married with a kid. Like there is no timeline to life at all. So just keep that in mind. And your timeline, speaking of timelines, you did start very young. Like you got married to Leif pretty young, right? Were you guys, were you 20? I was 21. Yeah. Also, where'd you meet him? Where did I meet him? Yeah. What's your story? Uh, So we actually met on a blind date set up by my friend. So, so my friend uh, was dating Leif's brother. Okay. And they're now married too. So we're, fr- we're sisters in law. So she, she was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she was like, you should, um, go on a date with like my soon to be brother. I think they were actually engaged when we, when Leif and I met because she was like, you should go on a date with, yeah. Um, Cohen's brother Leif. And I had never seen a photo of him, literally didn't know anything about him. And I was like, eh, like, Just I don't sent know it for the plot line, huh? Yeah. And then I, <laughs> I saw a photo. I'm like, okay, I'm like, okay, he's cute. He's cute. I'll go. So then I went and yeah, ever since then, it was just like, we totally hit it off on our first date. So that's, that's so how we met. And fun. Yeah. But we did get married very young. Leif was 23. I was 21. So kind of crazy. And was there like sticklers telling you, you guys are too young or was it just kind of normal? So normal where I'm from. I'm from Gilbert, Arizona, and, like, people literally, it would be weird if I didn't get married that young. That's that's what's weird. Like, now that we want... Timeline a little bit. Yes, like, it's (laughs) it's so crazy, too, because... So, I'm 26 and a half, I guess, now, and, like, we want kids, and people will be, like, like, shook. People in LA are like, you already want kids? Like, that's crazy. And then from my hometown, for years, there's been, like, rumors circulating, like, <laughs> why don't they have kids? Like, that's so weird. da 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 And I'm just like, game. you can't win. <laughs> yeah, you it's can't so win. Strange. So just, it's crazy. And that's why that actually has taught me a lot because I've realized, like, where I lived in Arizona is so different than where I live just even in LA. It's like five hours away. So anywhere you go, it's going to be so different. Therefore, there's no timeline that you need to be following. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many different opinions and subcultures and just in our country alone. Like if you go to a different state just a few hours away, it's like everything is so different. All of their normals and all of their opinions on everything. So exactly. That's true. why you got to do you. Yeah, I'm in Los Angeles, and if I announced I was getting engaged, everyone would lose their minds. They would exactly. Ask, well, that's a death sentence. What are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, people are you. shook. I mean, even when I've like had meetings in the past, like when I was 24 or something, and like in LA, and I'm married, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, you're married!" Like number one, they think I'm 11 already, so it's like that doesn't help. <laughs> but they also. They're like, how old are you? And then when I'm like 24, they're like, wow, you're already married. And I'm like, yeah, and I've been married for three years. Like, it's crazy, (laughs) you know? So you just got to do your thing. So does Leif full-time work with you to like build this brand? Or does he have like a a day job? Or does he like 
Because I always wonder on all your amazing pictures that you're taking, I'm like, who is the photographer? Like, is it always Leif? Is it our friends? Do you hire photographers? Like, does Leif do this full time and like work with you? Or does he have like his own thing that he does? So Leif does this full time. He Since we've been married, we've been working full time together. He has done like little side projects where he's done like videos for companies and stuff. Um, and he just helps me with like everything. He also does like all of the stuff around the house as well. So he <laughs> is so funny. We like just did a podcast recently and they were saying like, or we were doing a questionnaire or Q and A and they're like, how, like who does the most housework or like what percentage of the housework do, does Leif do basically? And I was like, I'd say like 70 or 80. And he put like 95. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I do a little (laughs) bit more than 5%. And he's like, he's like, I feel like I do most of it. I'm like, no, you definitely do. He definitely keeps things like very... He does all of our like bills, taxes, like all just like the stuff that I hate basically. And then he also like definitely takes care of Lady the most, definitely keeps our house the most clean. And he does all of the behind the scenes of like helps me with my videos, my photos. He works on his own projects and he also is into like stocks and stuff. So he does that kind of, I guess that's like a little side thing he does as well. But yeah, we do work together full time. What a power couple, power team. Love to hear it. Thank Love you. To see it. It's fun. So if Leif isn't the one, if Leif is in the photos, who's taking all your pictures for you? Uh, just friends. I mean, like I said, so many of my friends are in the same industry. So a lot of them are really good at photos. And like my friend Tyson, who I grew up with, like we actually just shot this morning. And... Um, he takes a lot of my photos of me and Leif. He like started out, both of us started out as photographers. So he's really good at that. So he takes a lot of photos like Chelsea. Sometimes if we're on a trip or something and like, I want a photo with Leif, uh, my assistant Beth takes some of them and yeah, it's always pretty much friends. My friend Danny takes a lot of, uh, she takes all of our, what we said photos because she really just like gets the vision. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I just have a bunch of very talented friends that are all kind of in the photo video space that's so fun i was gonna say we adore the aesthetic we love the elaborate photo shoots we're all over all of it thank (laughs) you yeah the pink and blue is fun for sure thanks um but i was curious is that why you moved to la just because you knew like this was the industry you were in and there was a lot of creators out here or did you just like want to change like why'd you pick la i guess so we moved to california southern california right after we got married actually like three months later we lived with my grandma to for three months to like save up a little bit more money and then we moved out to uh southern california but we lived in long beach for a little while and then we moved to orange county actually which i love orange county and i could totally see us living there again like when we have kids and stuff uh the reason we moved to LA was where we lived specifically in Orange County we were feeling very uninspired and like just I don't know I think we just didn't have much of a community there and like we just weren't feeling where we lived was like very sterile like it's like very like track homes I don't know where was it can I ask where it was yeah Irvine okay yeah it's just very there (laughs) yeah so so and I love like it's so nice there it's like very safe very family friendly but like for the stage of life we're in we're just like this is like not where we should be right now we had some friends that lived in LA the reason we actually moved there is it was closer to the podcast studio to Dear Media where like I was having to go there um like drive there from Orange County which is like an hour and a half and then if there's traffic it can be even like way longer and we just decided to 
just like kind of have a change, I guess. And I, Leif was like very hesitant. Like he did not want to leave Orange County and he didn't want to live in LA really. Uh, but he finally was like, no, I think it could be cool. I think it could be good. And it ended up being like our favorite place that we've lived thus far. We, we definitely, like I said, we love Orange County and we want to move back someday, I think. But, um, it has been so fun being in LA. We had like made the best friends. We're, uh, next to my assistant. That was another huge reason we moved to LA. She lives in LA and she was driving Orange County. And so anyway, we moved here to be closer to her, the podcast studio, and then Chelsea moved to LA from Arizona as well. So, um, now having like a community here and I don't, I don't know, I'm just very inspired here and I, I really like it more than I thought I would. Yay. That's so good. So you've moved around kind of a lot. What's some of your advice? I know that you'll usually have life when you move, but what's some of your advice for someone that's trying to make new friends or start a community in a new place? Gosh, it's hard with like the pandemic and everything. Cause I feel like that really took a, it's hard. I mean, like I said, I've met almost all my friends on social media, which is crazy. I feel like it is a great place though, to meet people. And, uh, I guess if you're not in the influencer space, maybe that would be harder to like, you know, be reaching out and just to be finding people in your area. Uh, I also think just going and doing things that you enjoy and that you like. I mean, for us, like we love playing pickleball and we would go to the pickleball courts and we've made friends with some of the people there and like literally have like exchanged numbers with them, you know, and been like, let's come back and play. So it's like, um, just go do things that you like. And hopefully now that things are opening up a little bit more, that will be like more and more possible to go to yoga classes, go to whatever. And I feel like the more you do that, the more you will meet people who are interested in the same things as you. And, you know, they'll introduce you to their friends or whatever. And that's kind of how you start building a community. That's some pure G-rated fun I haven't heard in a while. Pickleball. How exciting. Have you ever played? No. I have played at a family barbecue before. It's so fun. Like It's addicting. It's so addicting. I actually haven't played in a while because it's kind of a workout and like I've been doing other workouts and I'm just like, I'm not down to like go to the gym for an hour and then like go play pickleball. It sounds exhausting, but pickleball is so fun. Ashley, I know what we're doing the next time we're in the same state. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're playing pickleball. I'll you order guys have some um, tracksuits or something. 100%. Some personalized yes. paddles. <laughs> I have one last question that I ask everyone. What is a book or podcast you've read or listened to lately that you highly recommend besides your own, which uh, we will I've- obviously advertise? Besides my own. Okay. I I just read the book Blowing My Way to the Top by Jen Atkins. She's the founder of Way Hair Stuff, and she's like a celebrity hairstylist. And I really enjoyed it. I feel like it definitely for if you want to be an entrepreneur, content creator, anything like that has some great little tidbits in it. I underlined a lot of things and kind of just, I don't know, whenever I read an inspiring book, it always kind of gives me that little like pep in my step where I'm like, I'm ready to, you know take this on. So I, I recommend that for sure. I thought it was a really good read. It was, it's a very easy read. It's not like super intense or anything. It's kind of a long book, but, um, yeah, I really liked that. So I just got done with it. I don't listen to a ton. Actually, that's not true. I guess I do kind of listen to a lot of podcasts, but they're not always like so valuable. They're more entertainment, but I love, as far as like value goes, I think the skinny confidential and Ed Milet are like two of my definite favorites for giving me like inspiration and stuff like that. I also love the morning toast. I just think they're so funny. They're more entertainment you named vibes our top though. three. Yep. Really? <laughs> Those are three the, three, right there. the three we listen to every single week. <laughs> 
Five Dead. Yes, I love those. I love those girls. So, um, yeah, those would probably be my top ones that I listen to the most often. Amazing. I'm glad we're all on the same page. <laughs> yes, I love to see it. That's the reason I got. We wanted to launch a podcast is because we started listening to the Skinny Confidential, and then we started listening to a bunch more, and we were like, oh, we're now obs- podcast people. We're obsessed. Yes, yeah. I love podcasts. It's so fun. All right. Well, obviously, pimp yourself out to our listeners. Anyone, they're going to know who the heck you are now because we're obsessed with the content that you're putting out. But please, where can they find you on TikTok, Instagram, wherever you want? Okay. On TikTok and Instagram, my username is the same. It's just my name, JC Marie Smith. Uh, you can find our podcast at what we said podcast on Instagram. Uh, we have a TikTok too. And then uh, my balanced boss, cor- the courses, you can find the Instagram at balanced boss co. We also have a website and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think that's about it. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> You're swimming That's a in lot. channels. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was so fun. Thank you so much for chatting with us and giving us some insight into your life and what it's like to be a successful creator. It's been really fun following along on your journey and seeing what you're doing on Instagram and TikTok. And I'm so glad that we got to get to know you a little bit. It's been really fun. Yes. Thank you guys so much.